The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by a guest speaker. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this message are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. That's online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. It's my pleasure and privilege to introduce our morning devotion speaker, uh, for some of you who have been here for a long time, you will recognize uh, Dr. Lloyd Kim. Uh, he graduated from this institution, and after graduating from here, became a pastor in the Presbyterian Church in America, and then finished his Ph.D. in New Testament at Fuller Theological Seminary, after which he became a missionary uh, for, for, for the PCA and MTW in places like the Philippines and in Cambodia, and he's now currently serving as the coordinator of MTW for the PCA, so it's my honor privilege to have him and welcome him to bring God's word to us this morning. Good morning. Uh, it's an honor for me to be here with you. Uh, another perfect day in sunny San Diego. So it's uh, certainly a delight for me. I have a lot of memories here, a lot of wonderful relationships to the professors, many of whom have taught me. Um, it is an honor for me to be here to share God's word with you as well. So we're going to look at a passage from Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to be reading verses 5 through 8. So if you have your Bibles, uh, I invite you to turn there with me at this time. This is God's Word. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, thank you for this time to come before you in your holy presence, and we pray that your spirit would open our minds and hearts to understand your word, and we pray for your spirit to help me to speak the message you've prepared for us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Leadership is difficult. I don't think um, I need to say that to you. Leadership in Christian ministry, in full-time Christian ministry, is not only difficult, I'd say it's dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Because uh, it's our job to be religious. And so over time, we often get better at being religious, and it becomes easy, us, easy for us simply to play the part. It's easy for us to put on our masks, to go out before the people, uh, to pray our prayers, to preach our sermons, to give our counsel, to teach our courses, but to have our hearts far from the Lord. I met this former missions pastor, and he had quit the ministry. And he shared with me how those in ministry often vacillate between naive optimism or jaded cynicism. He said, I'm in the latter group. <laughs> so what happens when you're in Christian ministry for a long time? Uh, we get hurt. We see abuses. 
We get betrayed, we get attacked, we become disappointed, and we become cynical, we become jaded. And so the choice is often either to quit or simply to press on uh, through all the pain, oftentimes not really believing the things that we say. You see, full-time Christian ministry is not only difficult, it's, it's dangerous. Jesus speaks against those who were just wearing masks. They were just playing the part. In fact, in chapter 6, he not only addresses this hypocrisy in prayer, but also in giving alms and fasting. What are these? These are religious practices. And so he warns his disciples of practicing their righteousness before men in order to be what? In order to be seen by them. In this section of scripture, uh, Jesus teaches us how to approach God in prayer. His teaching in prayer can be divided into two parts. The first deals with inappropriate uh, approaches to prayer, hypocrisy, verses 5 and 6, and thoughtlessness, verses 7 and 8. The second part um, contains how we should pray uh, with sincerity and according to God's will contained in the Lord's Prayer right after this section. As Julius mentioned, I was in the pastorate for about five years after finishing seminary here. And when I had started, I'd been married for about two years. And during those early years of the pastorate, um, I poured my heart and life into the congregation. I was gone almost every night, visiting the congregation members, preparing Bible studies, preparing sermons, and um, the church grew, <laughs> and I loved it. But the whole time, I was neglecting my wife and my young child at the time. Uh, Ida, my wife, would come and see me on Sundays. She'd watch me speak to the congregation members, speak so graciously, pastorally to them. But then when I came home, I'd shut down emotionally and spiritually. And so she kept complaining, saying I wasn't listening. I wasn't engaged. Finally, she said, uh, Lord, I'm not asking you to treat me better than other people, but just treat me like one of your congregation members. I'm still a member of the church, too. You're so gracious and loving to them, but to me, you're so cold and distant and unforgiving. And so she pleaded, please just treat me like one of the members of your church. Finally realized what a fool I'd been. You see, I was just playing the part. It's one person in front of the people, but somebody else at home. I think it's important for us to remember who Jesus' enemies were. And this is in the context of the Lord's Sermon. Who were Jesus' enemies? They were the Pharisees, the scribes. The priests, those who were paid to be, what? Religious. And so we see Jesus, Jesus, he hates hypocrisy. He hates to see it in his disciples. In verse 5, he points again to the hypocrites of the day who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and the street corners in order to be seen by men. These were those actors who presumed to be very religious and pious. On the outside, you looked at their lives, they seemed blameless, but inside, they didn't know God. They didn't have a relationship with God. 
They knew all the answers. They knew how to pray wonderful prayers. But Jesus identifies their motives, the motives of their heart. Their desire was not communion with him, but the applause of men. And so Jesus states authoritatively, authoritatively, truly they will receive their reward. What does he mean? Truly they will receive their punishment. You see, Christian ministry is not only difficult, it is dangerous. What do you think lies behind the hypocrisy that we see even in our own lives? On the one hand, it could be as simple as our pride. We want others to know how righteous we are, how talented or how gifted we are. And so we make sure that everyone sees our righteousness. But I think what also lies behind this hypocrisy is also our insecurity. Maybe we're afraid that people might find out how broken, how sinful, how messed up we really are. And so we play the part to cover up our shame, to cover up our guilt and insecurities. It was Sunday morning in Cambodia, and uh, I came to church early and met our Cambodian pastor who was leading the service that day. He took me aside and he, he asked, he said, uh, can you preach today? <laughs> Missionary's worst nightmare. <clears throat> I, um, I said, uh, why? He goes, well, I got in a fight with my wife last night. We still haven't reconciled. Uh, how can I stand up before the people and preach God's word? Uh, you do it. <laughs> I was thinking what every good missionary would think. Uh, How can I get someone else on my team to take this? Um, But I simply told him, I said, you know, it would be difficult for me, Pastor, to preach. He said, well, I'm worried that if I begin preaching, my wife will stand up in the middle of my sermon and say, you hypocrite. So you preach today. It's amazing how clear your mind becomes when you want to get out of something. And so I simply said, Pastor, don't be afraid. This is what you need to do. The best thing is just to confess to the congregation that you got in a fight with your wife and remind them and remind yourself of the gospel. And you know what? It worked. He stood up and he preached probably the best message I've ever heard him preach. The point is that Jesus wants us to take off our masks. This is how he wants us to come to the Father in prayer. No pretending. No pretense, no acting. He wants us to hide ourselves in the closet, shut the door, stand exposed before him, stand naked before him, broken before our holy God. And it's when we are in deep communion with our Father that all fear of men is gone. You see, Jesus is teaching here as the antidote both to our pride and our insecurity. For when we are in the presence of God, how can we be arrogant? How can we be proud? We can't. At the same time, we can't deny his overwhelming love for us. He wraps us securely in his arms. Communing with God keeps us both humble and secure in our identity as his beloved children. Another problem that we often face as leaders in Christian ministry is that over time we actually get good at what we do. And with that, our prayers, our teaching, our religious duties become automatic. As professionals, uh, prayers roll off our tongues. 
We often say the same prepackaged counsel and advice again and again. We become thoughtless, we become repetitious without even knowing it. We were doing our family devotions one night and it was my turn to pray the Lord's Prayer. And I specifically remember saying to myself, uh, don't just run through it as you normally do. You know, the Lord's Prayer is something we memorize. But be very intentional because, you know, your kids are watching and, and you, you need to model your prayers before them. And so I started the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. Very intentional, hallowed be thy name. And there was a pause. I had forgotten the next line. <laughs> The kids started giggling, and I had to rush through it in my mind from, from rote memory. And finally, after the kids, they had a field day with me. They said, good job, pastor, missionary, coordinator. don't even know the Lord's Prayer. I find it ironic how Jesus teaches us not to pray repetitiously, but then, then how do we pray his, his, his model prayer, right? And so this is in part what Jesus is speaking against, mindless, thoughtless prayers to the Father, saying the same phrases over and over again without much thought about the meaning of what we're saying. But I also believe that Jesus is talking about those who simply pray to try and manipulate God for their, for their own purposes, thinking they would be heard for their many what? For their many words. Instead of praying God's will be done, um, how often do we pray, uh, Lord, let my will be done? Well, how about us today? You guys are probably in the middle of your studies in the thick of things. Are you in a spiritual rut? You feel like you're just going through the motions? Maybe you're so exhausted and spent that you find yourself repeating yourselves again and again in your prayers. You see, Jesus teaches us about prayer from his own experience. Our Lord knew uh, that his Father would hear his prayers and would satisfy his needs. You remember his secret prayer, don't you? Away from the crowds, away even from his beloved disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus came openly, honestly, with excruciating sorrow and grief before his Father, and in that garden, he asked the Father if it were possible to take the bitter cup of the cross away. And yet in that quiet moment, even the Son relieved himself of his anxiety, of his fears, by pouring out his heart to his Papa. And he came to a place where he said, not my will be done, but thine. You see, Jesus' self-sacrifice and submission to the cross gives us sinners access to the Father. He makes us clean, and he wraps us in his robe of righteousness so that we can stand before God and not perish. Jesus, he provides the way in which we can be in sweet communion with our Papa. So how do we go from a place where we're just playing the part to a place where what you see behind closed doors is what you see in public? How do we go from just cranking through the difficulties and stress of ministry and life to a place where our ministry flows from a deep, sincere relationship with God? It begins by confessing openly and honestly our sins, our hypocrisy, our thoughtlessness to the Father and clinging to the righteousness of Christ. It begins by submitting to the will 
of the Father in faith. It begins by caring much more about what he thinks of us than what others think of us. And what does he think of us? He loves us. He shows this most clearly in the giving of his son to redeem us. You see, there is another option for those serving in full-time Christian ministry. We don't have to choose between naive optimism or jaded cynicism. We can go the way of the cross, the way of the gospel. The gospel keeps us from hypocrisy and thoughtlessness, not only in our prayer life, but in our service to the Lord. It gives us freedom to be honest about our sins and failures, and it gives us humility to curb our pride. It connects us with our Father and allows us to experience his grace in a new and fresh way every day. I know I'm supposed to be the missions guy, and maybe you were expecting me to um, beat you over the head with a mission stick. I'm happy to do that. We still have some time, if you'd like. Uh, guilt is actually a very great uh, motivation, uh, but a better motivation is God's grace. And so my prayer is that we would be so in love with Jesus, so connected with the Father, that we simply forget about ourselves, our reputations, our name, our ambitions, our appearance before men, and care solely about God's view of us, and he loves us. I pray we would be so secure in our relationship with him, so anchored in his love for us, that we would have freedom to risk, freedom to step out boldly in faith, freedom even to fail. And I pray that as we draw closer to him, that our ministry would not be characterized by repetition, thoughtlessness, or a manipulative spirit, but a deep submission to his will and a thoughtful, sincere devotion to him. May that be your prayer as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and how it ministers and speaks to us. Uh, Lord, we ask that there would not be a day that we would not know your sweet love and grace for us and that the ministry that you have called us each individually to would flow from this wonderful grace and gospel that you give us freely in your son, Jesus. To him we turn and pray in his strong name. Amen. Copyright 2015, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.